Why, hello, Thrivers. What is a Thriver, you ask? If you're a Thriver, it means you're a fan of this show. That's right. While you're all Thrivers in my heart, there's a more official way to become one, if you catch my drift. Go to www.patreon.com slash MrThrive to become a patron to this exciting opportunity for exclusive content, live updates, experimental media, insights, and more, all to keep you more in the action. Become a Thriver today at patreon.com slash MRThrive. Enjoy the show. You have stumbled upon Stars of Tomorrow, where every Friday, I, Mr. Thrive, interview someone like Creative. Corey McKinney Jr., who is yet to be discovered. This up-and-coming podcast talks with the up-and-coming Corey. Welcome to the podcast, bro. I'm really glad to have you. Yes, yes. I'm glad to be here, my guy. Thank you so much. Before I begin, I actually, um, I received an email from the last podcast episode that I would like to address from a woman named Sierra Phelps, and I just would like to say that she left a very nice note. Here's what she said. She said, my name's Sierra Phelps, and thanks to Linda Sparger, I just checked out your podcast. I think you're doing an amazing job and service to our industry, and I think it's fantastic that you're highlighting so many new and upcoming artists and filmmakers. Linda, in her episode, mentioned a project she directed that I'm a showrunner on, and I wanted to thank you for giving her the opportunity to shout out the series. Keep up the great work. Sierra, I, I will keep up the work, and it's not because I'm trying to be a businessman. It's because of messages like that, because of the ability to reach out to artists like myself, to be able to work with them, to, to work with artists like Linda and Corey, who's sitting with me today. It really is a privilege and an honor, and I would like to thank you so much. So, Sierra, thank you, and uh, I look forward to hopefully one day meeting you or just having you as a listener. Uh, also, uh, in regards to Patreon, uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, my Thriver. I have one Thriver. Her name is Vasi Bellacone. If you'd like to be a Thriver and to get a shout-out just like Vasi did, please go check out my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash MrThrive. That is spelled M-R-Thrive. And with me today is Corey, and we're all just so happy. Today is actually a little bit different of an interview. Um, Corey gave me this idea. Would you like to explain a little bit about what the idea was? Oh, man, yes, yes. Okay, so... The idea that we have, I just wanted to try to do something new where we keep everybody engaged and make the podcast a little bit more personal, like personal. Um, we're just going to tell a secret every, what What was it, 10? We decided 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, tell the secret every 10, uh, 20 minutes and so, just see how that goes. And, Open and, up a little bit. And, and no one who's been on this show has challenged me like this before. And this is really exciting. So... Uh, in 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 spirit of of keeping yourself sharp, we're just gonna we're just gonna go ahead and do it. I love it. Just, mm-hmm. Do you wanna do you wanna start with, do you wanna start off the bat with the secret or should we just start the timer now? It would make sense. Okay, it would make sense, and then we right. start the timer. Yeah. Okay, so I uh, if you want, I can start. Or Beautiful. We, okay, cool. Beautiful. So I will start with my first secret ever. Um, not ever, but my first secret <laughs> for the podcast. Yeah, for the podcast. Um. I had to really think about this. It's like, how how deep can I go? What 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 does this lead to? So, with this exciting drum roll, drum here's roll, my guys. here's my here's my first secret that I was thinking of. When I first did the podcast, I did not know what voice to really like 
you? It's like, how do I get myself out there and still be me? And also, who who am I when I'm on the microphone? And so for like the first 15 episodes of this podcast, which has been the majority of this podcast, I've not been me. I've really been listening to a lot of Mark Maron. Mm-hmm. Or I listen to a lot of uh, Dollop with Gareth Reynolds and Dave Anthony. And I just do my best impersonations of those guys in my own head. I'm not mm-hmm. doing their voices. No. But, like, my mindset is like, okay, how would they ask the question? Yeah. And what do they sound like? You know, what is their casual nature versus their formal nature in addressing the person they're with that day? And so I have not really – it's 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 sometimes hard to be me. In those 15 episodes, sometimes, like, I get, like, little moments where I, I realize I'm me. But for the most part, it's like, okay, I have to really – I want to be like the masters that I listen to. So I'm just going to copy them a little bit, a little bit. I, I, I'm still – I still have a little tweak of originality for me. Of course, because it's filtered through your natural personality. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's my first secret right there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And just so we don't go off on a too long of a tangent, I just want to say, hey, man, just if you're yourself, it's going to feel a lot more comfortable. I'm sure you've been figuring that out. Sure. Throughout the other podcast prior to this one. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, you're just going to find your own style, man. Right. You're still early in the podcast. You're well, going to find your own style. Well, just as like on like a really cloudy day, like you just see like little moments of like the sun just shining through, you know, I, I, I see little moments of myself like that, you know, but it's still not, it's still not there hundred percent. I'm still finding my voice, so to speak. And that's, that's a little bit of the struggle of this, but because I've been able to a little bit of kind of. Uh, fake it till I make it, 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 it changes, it makes it a lot smoother, you know, sure. a little bit smoother writing. Okay. So I'm going to take these influences and I'm going to keep on molding them until I find the voice that is Mr. Thrive nice. on this podcast. And that's kind of the goal here. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. All right. All right. I'm very curious. What's your, what's your number one secret? <clears throat> hey man, my, my secret is not that uh constructive. Mine's very silly. Okay. And also just also to piggyback on what you said, I have the tendency to over-explain myself, so for this podcast, I'm going to work on being more punctual with my statements, Sure. because that's something I notice in all the greats that I study when I look at interviews. Sure. It's almost like they, they're reading a script or like a teleprompter. They know what they want to say, right. they say it, and then that's it. Me, I have to work on that, so that's what I'm going to work on for this podcast. It takes a lot of practice. If yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll make a podcast and you'll get better at it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Because you're talking about wanting to be yourself, but just, you know, looking at the greats and like almost copying them subconsciously. Right. Um, I'm not doing that. I'm just borrowing certain traits that I, I perceive as being like a successful speaker. But if we're talking about my secret, you know, um, it's kind of just silly. In the third grade, I moved to a new school. So in the fourth grade, I was in a completely new school, knew nobody. And we were in an auditorium and listening to a man speak about how birds get fed and he needed uh he needed a guest to be pulled on stage and i was raising my hand so i could go use the bathroom but my teacher didn't see me <laughs> the person you could probably see where i'm going with this already yeah i can't like the person this. saw me he brought me on stage and there was nowhere for me to go and um i ended up just pissing my pants in front of everybody i was the new kid and <gasps> i pissed my pants oh my god yeah fourth grade oh my god yeah dude just pissed him oh my god mm-hmm and, and that's my first secret. We're going to get deep, man. Oh, okay. We're Questions. Deep. Questions. It's fourth grade. That's a vulnerable time mm-hmm. where people like mess or like people joking, like, 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 like bullying you because of that. Hey man, I'll tell you something. That's one of the first moments I learned. I can act a little bit. Okay. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody knew. What do, what do you mean? You got away with peeing yourself in front of the whole school? None of the, well, see the thing was I like the pee happened when we were in like, we were all in Indian style position. <laughs> 
Okay, when birds get fed, the, the mom like regurgitates into the bird's mouth. Yeah. Right? So we had to pretend to be the birds sitting down with our mouths. <laughs> I don't know what this was. Now that I'm saying this out loud, yo, I don't know what the point of this, whatever this was, bro. Oh, my School God. School is such a joke sometimes, but... <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, I, like you know, you, you need to be educated um, to a certain extent. It just depends on what you want to do with your life. Yeah, but yeah, so um, nobody saw it. It was just until recess where I realized my khakis were just a different color, and I was just really smart about it. I was just super strategic. You know, wow. you would think I played chess since birth, <laughs> the way I handled that situation. <laughs> yeah, and I, I called my mom, and she picked me up, and I went home. Oh and my God! I was still able to make friends because nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody knew, bro. That is <laughs> remarkable. Yep. I think that's yep. the thing that you should put in the summary of your of your resume. Yeah, I'll do it. It's on my IMDb. <laughs> is it really? No, <laughs> no way, no way. Well, no, no. no. I I I asked it like that because like because like I I love looking at the IMDb like uh, different like factoids about different people mm-hmm. like what happened on set and yep. whatnot and and I always find that part the most fascinating part. I don't I don't care about where Natalie Portman was born. Or whatnot. I just like the the Get little the fun gritty. facts, like the gritty stuff. Yeah. You know, I wish that gritty stuff was was revealed more often. Oh, we're gonna get there, dude. Oh, I we're gonna I, get there. Oh, I have no doubt. Yeah. All right. So, in the spirit of the podcast, the timer is starting right now, and in <clears> twenty <throat> minutes, a new secret is coming. So, stay tuned. Beautiful. All right, guys. Um, so now we're gonna talk about Corey, who is the creator of a company, Beyond the Box. Absolutely. Yeah. So. There's a little bit of a of an interesting thing about uh, beyond the box, and that is the spelling of it. And I was mm-hmm. wondering if you could elaborate on that and some of the reasoning behind it because it's it's interesting and also what it what it does, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I could do that. Well, like you said, the company is called Beyond the Box. I just love what it stands for. I love how it sounds, and I couldn't let go of the name and how it made me feel and how much it matched with um, matched with uh, just the kind of things I like to create and the way I think. Right. So I really like the name and, you know, we're I'm a millennial. I was born in 93. So the first thing I wanted to do was to put this on Instagram. But Beyond the Box was taken. Mm -hmm. So I just had to spell it differently in a way that allowed me to keep the name and just allowed it to be my own thing. So it's just the spelling is just a little different. You have to spell it with the letter X in between each word. Instead of using the space key, you use the letter X. Right. Right. So yeah, it's just um, spelt beyond X the X box, but you know the X's are silent. At least the two X's. Right. Four box. Sure. And is is X a is X a, a normal symbol to be used to to space out things or you know? Well, yeah. Like I I've noticed that a lot on Instagram, people would just use the letter X or even for like um, I don't know if you go to festivals at all, but they'll use the letter X to kind of like space out the artist's name. Oh yeah, you're right. And just yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's it's kind of like a like a, a variable that could be used for numerous things. And I always liked the letter X. Ironically, I'm I'm wearing X's shirt right now. Rest in peace. Yes, you are. But I just I really always just the letter X just always resonated with me, man. Sure. I, don't, I don't know what it is. Like it's like a weird subconscious thing. Well, it's a very it's almost it's a very universal letter. It's not even like like if you did like algebra. You know? Exactly, you have to find X. But like, not only can do you have to find it, but X means infinite possibility. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But also in the in the title of Beyond the Box, I'm I'm just kind of I'm still fascinated by the by the 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 spelling of it, but also even like what it could even mean. I feel like 
it could even like each of the the words with the letter X in between it and the paying more attention to the spacing of it, it almost adds more significance to the words you chose. Yeah. You know? I know what you're saying. Yeah. Almost um, like it's a it's a equation right there, like beyond X. Okay. Yeah. Like beyond could be like what, like plus? Right. Right? Like I don't know, <laughs> just like beyond X, the Xbox is where it kind of um would change up a little bit. But I just like how Beyond X started off. Yeah, no, I think the the infinite possibilities and it really encompasses what it means to be a creative. You got it, man. You know, I you got I, it. I, I think it does, and I I've seen some of your work, some of that you posted on Instagram, some mm. of the stuff you've sent me otherwise, and you know, I've just I've I've definitely liked where it's going. You know, there's there's clear talent. You're an actor. You're a filmmaker. Thank you. Uh, but but that's not it, and that's why we can't call you a filmmaker or uh, or just sum it down to, to an actor. You know. I just like to do a lot of things, man. Sure. You know, and that's high praise. I really appreciate that. But I just, I like to keep my, I just like to keep my schedule busy, you know? Right. I like film. I like photography. I like, I just love visuals. Sure. And I love storytelling. And whether it's me in front of the camera or behind the camera, like, that's just my life. That I found a thing I'm willing to die for. Right. You know? So actually, if you guys uh, are followers of my Instagram, you guys are going to see uh, some of the clips from this uh, recording on the podcast is the first episode that'll have the opportunity of doing that. The reason why is because Corey is naturally a director. He walked into my studio slash slash bedroom and uh, with cameras and gear. Yes. We're currently recording uh, on two different cameras right now, an A and a B camera. Uh, so avant-garde that we're breaking the 180 rule, and I have so much respect for that, by the way. Yeah. You know? We do what we want. Yeah. We do what we want. Exactly. exactly. So I'm, I'm digging it right now. This is good. Yeah. But um, we're going to get more clips on Instagram as soon as next week, which will be this week to you guys, for this podcast. It's just, it's just neat, you know? It's just neat and it's different. And from the moment that you came in, I knew this guy was a filmmaker. This guy was a creative. This guy uh, knows how to make his vision in his mind come to life and that's really difficult to do i mean was there a process that that you kind of learned along the way to teach you that well actually just it's in situations like these right now like i feel like um my ability to verbalize my thoughts aren't really up to par with the people i look up to and i think that's what made me fall in love with writing and filmmaking because i'm usually at loss of words that's something that I, I experience most of the time. And if I just have a moment to write my thoughts down, organize and put them on a script and just figure out a way how to shoot it, like I found that to be a way to actually communicate authentically to people. Or, or even to myself, I'll write down something and I'll see my actual thoughts for the first time. You know, even just listening to you explain beyond the box, I was like, God damn it, I should have said that. <laughs> Dude, that was awesome. I'm stealing that. Yes. Please do. Infinite possibilities. Like, I, I've thought about it. But again, like, just when it comes down to verbalizing it in the moment, there's just so many things going on in my mind that I just, it's hard to pick one. And I just. Well, it's a it's a gift and a ramble. curse. I, yeah. one, of, one of my biggest things that my best friend Josh points out to me is that I'm an overanalyzer. <clears throat> me too. Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally over dissect something to the point where it's just un- co- incoherent mush, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, sure. I, it's something I need to get better at. But, you know, I, I, I wish if I if I could get something tattooed on me, it would say uh, KISS. Hmm. For, like the uh, band? No, no, not not the band, but the, the acronym. Keep it simple, stupid. 
Oh, which okay. I don't know if that the if, I don't know if the stupid part is saying something needs to be simple stupid or they're calling me stupid. I don't know. Or it whoever. can work both ways. I think it can. And work that both right ways. there just shows how you're able to overanalyze everything. Exactly. That's yeah. my problem. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I'll tell you this, man. It's not a problem as long as you know how to use it for your advantage. Exactly. You know. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't call it a problem or a flaw. Right. I mean, now because I'm, you know, tell me if you relate to this. You're overanalyzing of things allows you to uh, take on, to, to create personas, right? I mean, it helps me with dialogue. It helps me yeah. with like creating characters. Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, there's things about my own characters that I've written and created that I don't even know about them. And then when someone reads it, I, they, they'll say to me, I, I knew who your character was within five minutes. Mm. That's neat. That's you know? dope. Yeah. It's a lot of detail. But I mean, how, do, how does overanalyzing affect you and your art? Well, like, inf- affect me in terms of like what writing or, or like, actually acting in front of the camera? I mean, it, it's, I, I guess, yeah, when you're, when you're acting, how does that, how does your overanalyzing? Well, see, the difference between writing and acting for me, mm-hmm. I can't overanalyze while I'm acting. Right. Otherwise, I'm going to mess something up. Mm-hmm. If I'm acting, I just kind of go deeper into my subconscious and just let that lead the way. Sure. You know, but when it comes to writing, I'm able to sit there. I have all the time in the world and I could just do one draft, two drafts, three drafts and just keep it going. And um, it just allows me to feel more confident about my work. It just feels more accurate. Yeah. The more I overthink it or overanalyze. Sure. Yeah, I mean, perfection and- is, is something um, I've been called a lot. And um, I don't think it's an insult. It shouldn't be. No. For an artist, you need to be a perfectionist. Yeah, of, of some sort. But does that rub people off the wrong way when you're trying to collaborate? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, in the past, in the past, you know, working with certain people, but not rub them the wrong way in a sense of, like, disrespectful. Just mm-hmm. kind of, um, like I said, ver- verbalizing my thoughts. Sometimes I have a hard time with that. So they might be confused as to why I'm making them do something so specific and my reasoning behind it sometimes i got i've gotten a lot better at it but sometimes it used to come off as uh just kind of confusing and be like i'm okay dude let's okay sure let's do it yeah right and i could see that in their voice and i'm trying not to let that get to me right and you know it's just a thing in the back of the head that i have to just ignore i mean yeah you do have to ignore i mean so many different experiences that i've that i've worked in have like led to you know, me having to, to kind of put on like this heartless persona where it's like, I'm sorry that you don't like it, but I'm the director. You know, I'm the mm. creator, you know, mm. I'm the one creating the platform. Yeah. And I have to, I have to <laughs> beat my chin. Yeah. I have to yeah. put, I have to put my foot down and I feel like an asshole, but I guess that's part of it. I guess that's why so many producers and directors end up being called assholes behind their back. Well, you have to be the boss in the room and sure. the boss can't be, you know, sugarcoated, pretty toes and rainbows all the time like you have right. to kind of get your point across sometimes that you need to be sharp-tongued to do that self-analysis on yourself do you think that most of the people you work with like you yeah i i mean i i got that vibe that i i liked you right away because you're an intelligent guy oh thank you and you're That's wise awesome. so like that, that was that was the vibe that i got um i mean it's a lot it's a lot to work with all yeah. these different moving parts yeah, and you also just you want to make sure that everybody's comfortable, and in order to do that, just communication is key. And um, if they really want to be there and they really want to do it, it's just I try to work with people who are nice, people who are not afraid to you know speak out. Because if you're uncomfortable and you don't say anything, I I have no idea. Even if I pick up on certain like 
um, indicators that you might be feeling some type of way. I don't, it's not confirmed until you verbalize it, right? And then until you verbalize it, we can't really work together. Totally. And if you're making a film together, we all need to work together. Right. So yeah, I just, I, I'm very specific with who I work with. I think it's great that you you allow people to kind of like speak up and, and express themselves on set if they disagree with you. But oh, dude, yes. How do you... How, where where do you where do you where do you draw the line? Well, here's the thing: if um you have an idea, right, and you feel free to just spew whatever's on your mind, and and you feel that way because I I, I allow you to. I tell you that's what my preference is. And once you give me an idea, even if I don't like it, it could spark something else, and that could create a new idea. What did we just do? We just collabed. So even if I don't like your idea it could spark a new idea. And that's why I always encourage my actors or the people I'm working around to just speak to me. Don't be afraid of me. Speak to me. Right. I'm not scary. Right. Totally not a scary guy. Right. You know, it's just talk to me, dude. It's cool. <laughs> I, I think that's great. And you gotta, I, I, th- I, I definitely like those environments where we, if, in one sense, you do have to know your place because, for example, if you're like a production assistant or you're just, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> don't, yeah. I'm sorry. I've been there. No yeah. no offense to anybody who is a production assistant. But no. You're not allowed, and I agree with this, you're not allowed to step up and speak up against the director and say you don't like the script. No. <laughs> or even like tech things like, aren't you guys breaking the 180-year-old? <laughs> like you're going to get fired, bro. You know what I mean? So fast. Yeah, that's not. So fast. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But you know, and then, but but if you're in the, if you're in the position and you're in that place to collaborate, that's essential and that's remarkable. I, yeah. I agree. It's, it's the best setting. It's yeah. it's the best setting to have an environment where people can can speak up uh, against you. Did that happen in your project? Because yes, it did. Because every every time before we filmed, I made it known that I'm looking for open minds and just new ideas because directing and acting it's it's a little difficult because you you have no one really to tell you if you're doing a good job because even if it feels like trash you know you're you're trying to get in the moment and it just doesn't feel right on camera that could be the shot you know and if you don't have anybody that's analytical like you and I telling you like hey man that that actually worked out but if you want to go for another take for safety then let's do it but I'm just letting you know I liked what I just saw. Then, you know, you have to be that person. And it's kind of hard when you're in the moment. So I let everybody know, hey, tell me anything. Tell me everything. Right. Please. And then you gotta, then you get to get the chance, if you have the time at least, to be able to create alternatives as well. Yeah. Make everyone happy. Even if you don't use it, at least they're happy. Yeah. At least, or at least if they're not happy, they they'll shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, he listened. Like, it might pop up. It might not. But it right. happened. Yeah, yeah. And it's recorded. Absolutely. And the beauty, the beautiful thing I find is, is when you find those intricacies in film that something's not happening perfectly, mm. you know, those or, are the realest moments. Okay. Here, here, here's an example, right? In Christopher Nolan's, uh, Batman, Dark Knight Rises with, uh, the Joker, mm-hmm. so many of those scenes were improvised. Yep. For example, for example, um, Michael Caine's reaction to seeing, uh, the Joker for the first time, uh, it's very quick, but if you watch, it's all in the face. It's it's all in the face. But if you watch uh, that movie, uh, what happened was Michael Caine hadn't seen Heath Ledger in his makeup at all yet until that scene, until they shot that. And that first take of Michael Caine reacting, you know, he totally just flinched, and you can see Michael Caine uh, as the butler, as Alfred, 
totally jump out of his skin that's when he sees Heath Ledger for the first time. That's dope. And in that movie, there are these key moments where yeah. things happen imperfectly, yeah. and Christopher Nolan made it a point to capitalize on those. Yeah, and it's it's harder to to uh, actually do that with adults. Yeah. You know, like catch them off guard, catch them, you know, by surprise. Right. Because that was um something that came to, that was something that came to Steven Spielberg um benefit when he was making E.T. Okay. I feel like I just said his name wrong. Steven Spielberg. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no S in the middle. No, okay. But I, I like your version better. My version is better. <laughs> no, but, but Steven, right, when he was making E.T., yeah. there was a moment when E.T. was dying. Right. And he sure. told the like one of the, the female actresses, she, you know, she was a child, but she um, he told her that E.T. was actually dying. And this was the last time she'd be able to see E.T. or something along those lines. And all of her reactions and her tears were real. Like she really she really felt like E.T. was dying. And also when they saw E.T. for the first time, like that first shock, like they didn't know what E.T. was going to look like. And then he like popped out behind. I don't know what, what it was. I haven't seen it. Oh, in so a they, long they time. hadn't shown they the child actors. Et e. yeah. Yeah. And then when they like he popped out, they were actually scared. Right. And, and that works. And that's when being a director is like you actually have to be somewhat of like a psychologist and a a therapist almost. Like you really right. have to understand the psychology of your cast members in order to like pull certain strings. You're a puppeteer. Right. It's so dope. I love this stuff, bro. The next time I make a movie, I really want to try that where I I leave out certain information from an actor. Yeah. In a safe way, by the way. Like, yeah. I'm not going to push them in a pit of fire and hope they survive. Oh, no. I'm going <laughs> to snake that you don't know is venomous or not or if it will bite or not just yeah. for the sake of them being petrified because you know they're scared of snakes or something. Like right, that. exactly. I'll get the PA who really wants to make it and I'll yeah. just say, hey, can you grab us a snake? And we'll be in the desert so he's going to be looking. Snakes. Yeah, no. no not a snake guy, huh? Not a snakey guy. Oh man, there was this one time. You know what? Yeah, yeah. I, a little side tangent. There was this one time <laughs> I, I was in high school. I, I had to act in a film. I still didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I was acting in this guy's film. And there's a scene in it where I wake up shirtless in the desert, which no one should ever have to see of yeah. me. But I wake up shirtless, and they actually got uh, a snake wrangler to put a snake on me in high school. In high school, yeah. Dope. And the first take, I couldn't do it because it just, I felt the slithering up my body and it it, made, it gave me chills up my spine. It was the weirdest feeling to feel the, the muscles extracting and interacting right. and moving around. That was around. supposed to wake you up? Uh, yeah. In the scene? Oh, like and the it, snake coming across and in mid like slither that was supposed to wake you up? Right. And then. You and knew then, it was coming. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't know if the first time. The second time, it was kind of cool. You know, you just kind of let it happen. You're like, what's going on? Yeah. Snakes and, are snakes and, are and that's wild, the thing, man. Like you can't be the cool guy. Like people think, well, some people think that acting, like it's it's this glorified career choice. But sometimes you really have to do things you don't want to do. What are some uh, moments of yours that you've not enjoyed? <laughs> well, dude, for me, I had to masturbate on camera, and that was all the way awkward. Like the um, boom microphone recording the flopping of my balls, like. <clears throat> The action you were actually doing this, yeah. I, dude, I go there. I, I mean, wow, yeah, dude, it was I, weird. That's a lot. I mean, hey, it wasn't a porno, my dick wasn't out. Are we allowed to curse? You were allowed to curse, <laughs> you're allowed to fucking curse. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, yeah, dude, my like stuff wasn't out and stuff, it was like through my boxers, but it's like I, I was oh, okay. still, yeah, I had to like be in it and like be making the facial expressions and the noises, yeah, and it's a room full of people. 
and like and they're all females, watching you yeah that like were kind of cute and stuff you feel me it was yeah. kind of like you know i don't want to do this but this is what acting is right right uh-huh. and what Wow. <laughs> it's a lot. I'm yeah, just dude. still processing all of mm-hmm. that right now. Yeah. Holy cow. Well, I mean, I, I think, first off, very brave of you. For sure. Uh, second of all, um, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to go with that. It was weird, man. Totally caught me off guard. But I like stuff like that. I don't know why, but I just, I like being outside of my comfort zone. Putting, yeah. Which was like a part, a big part of this entire project. This entire, like... I've been outside of my comfort zone for a very long time now. Are you talking about because? Because all the things that happen behind the scenes of because, like getting off social media, stop my um, absence of drinking and smoking, like um, everything. I, I, I sacrificed a lot because I knew it would push me out of my comfort zone, and that's what I needed, and I knew I needed that. Yeah. You know? Um, I think it's I think it's very crucial, especially for an actor to, to push themselves outside of a, a comfort zone, and I commend you for that. That's Thank you. It's intense. I, I think a lot of oh, wow! The first twenty minutes, 20 minutes are up. Okay, just like that for sure. All right. Um, this time you go ahead and start. Uh, your first uh, or your second secret now. These are not um professional secrets whatsoever. Um, these are like legit secrets that I would tell a friend. Right. Or a person that, you know, we're becoming friends. Sure. You know, I'm not trying to be cool on your podcast, bro. I am not a bougie guy. I'm straight up just I'm going there. And I'm saying all that because this next secret, it's um, it's not really a secret. It's just something that people kind of get tense about when you speak about this specific uh, subject. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Right. So it's, it's, it's a little weird, but it shouldn't be. I think. And this one's for the ladies, okay? For all the ladies listening out there, right? Don't be afraid of this. I think when a female takes care of her hands and her feet, that makes her three times more attractive. Okay. And and I don't know why people get weird about that. Like, they exist. They're there. Weird about your reaction? No, like, I feel like people get so weirded out that I don't dislike feet. Okay. You know? It's okay. not like like people are like, oh, you have a foot fetish, dude. And it's like, no, I don't have a foot fetish, bro. It's just I appreciate when a female takes care of her feet. Like, that's sexy to me. Right. You know? And and I keep it a secret because everybody acts weird. Like, everyone gets all quiet. They don't know what to say. And it's either because they know exactly what I'm talking about or they uh they just don't understand. But they remember the ex- details I was telling you about, like being detail oriented. Yeah. Like that's what I mean. Like the fine details within like a woman. Like what does if she takes care of like the things that are hidden all day? Sure. Like she probably is clean. Hygiene is sexy. Yeah. I get it. I I feel a thousand times better. For example, like when I brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how like friends of mine are able to do days without brushing your teeth, and it grosses me out. Like do you you know do you want to die? No, it's not true. But do you want cavities? Do you want uh, gingivitis? Do you want gingivitis? Yeah. yeah. My dental hygienist mom would be very proud of this conversation right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. But I... Hey, mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, My man. mom's listening to this probably. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. Hi, mom. I'm grown. <laughs> no, definitely. I, I, respe- I respect that. You know, I, I don't think that's weird. You know, you it's just... whatever. You fetishize hygiene. Yeah. No, that's not true. But, you know, you... you I mean, you're... I do know I do, though. Right. I don't know if you care about astrology or not. Tell me about it. I, I, I believe in astrology. Okay. You know, I'm yeah. a Virgo. Okay. Leo Moon. Right. You know, and I hygiene is kind of like something I just really care about. 
I, I would like to believe in it. It just seems too generalized for me. But When's I, your birthday? March 18th. I'm a Pisces. You're, ooh, you are a Pisces. Yeah. Okay. See, but here's the thing, bro. You don't just have one placement. That's the thing that, like, the misconception that everybody kind of falls underneath. Sure. Like, you don't just have one sign. You have a sun, you have a moon, a Mercury, a Mars, a Jupiter, a Pluto. And it tells a lot more about you than you think. Everyone just listens to a horoscope and they think, oh, well, this this could fit most people I know. So, sure. You know, they just disregard it. But I was one of those people. And then somebody changed my life. And just super long story short, like super, um, we're just going to go on this mini tangent. And I'm going to practice the punctuality thing, right? Please, by so all dude, means. I was on my way to work. And there was a man who asked me if I could use my ID to go into a dispensary and get him weed, right? I was on my way to work, so I said no. For some strange reason, he asked me when my birthday was. I told him. Then he asked me when I was born, like the time. And I happened to like dibble-dabble in like many different subjects. So I knew a little bit about astrology, but not enough. Mm -hmm. And so... Because I knew a little bit about astrology, I knew I had to know the time of my birth in order to get deeper into the subject. I didn't so know that was a factor. Yeah. So I knew the time of my birth and I told him. And I told him like it was hack and sack that I was born, whatever, whatever. Dude, he told me where all my placements were and he gave me a quick synopsis of my character. And it changed my life, dude. Whoa. He came off as a demigod. He wasn't a hobo. He wasn't like a weird guy. Like he was just a regular dude who was too young to get into the dispensary next door, and he wanted me to. And just that was that was the tangent him and I went on. Sure. And then after that, I bought like astrology books and I like looked deeper into it, and that's uh, a practice of mine now. I look I look into astrology. The only part I'm actually interested in about that story is: Did you get the guy his weed or not? No, I was. Late. <laughs> just kidding. I'm I was kidding. late. Yeah. No, but that is that's fair. That was fair. No, no, no I'm teasing. Go. I'm teasing I you. Um, that's, that's wild. I, I was born at, on, I believe at 2 p.m. on March 18th. Mom, is that true? Mom? <laughs> Mom? We could, we could look it up later, man. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll give you your chart. I'm, I'm very interested. I, I actually didn't realize that the, the time of when you're born affects it. Yep. Affects who you Dramatically. are. So, I, yeah, I'm a Pisces, but yeah, wow. I mean, maybe, I, maybe I'm gonna become a, a huge, uh, follower of this, you know, because I've never really given much thought into it, but that could change a whole lot. Yeah. All right. Self knowledge, very my, important. My second secret. Okay. Let's do it. So, speaking of things that could be potentially superstitious. Mm. Nice, nice segue. Um. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I. I, I get very. I get. I don't consider myself a superstitious person, but I get superstitious about very specific things. And there's this one reoccurring thing in my life that happens all the time, and it's seeing the number 68. And I some, sometimes, sometimes like I'll tell my friends, right? Like my luck, my my lucky number is 68, and they'll be like, "Oh, <laughs> that's funny because of 69." And it's like, no, no, congrats. You can you can figure out that mm -hmm. 68 comes before 69. Yeah, well, that's great. That's immature. But here's where I first noticed it, right? So I went to summer camp. Mm. And there were 68 CITs in my group. That's when the number 68 was first and most apparent in my life, right? And then I came home after that summer. And I remember, like, as a kid, me and my dad built this uh, Lego aircraft carrier. It was supposed to be the USS Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And on the side of the USS Abraham Lincoln is the number 68. Interesting. Okay. So I was like, oh, wow, that's interesting. Is that an angel number? 
Did you look it up? I, I haven't, no. You should. Okay. What's my girlfriend? Name? Well, my girlfriend sees the number 18 all the time. Okay. And now I see it with her all the time. Okay. Literally all the time. Bro. What does it mean, though? What's an angel number? Oh, God. Well, there's different meanings for different numbers, but essentially, when you see a number all the time, okay. apparently, you know, talking about superstitious stuff, it's supposed to mean that the outside is trying to communicate with you. So whatever you were thinking or whatever was like occurring at that moment when you saw your number, you're supposed to like kind of keep that in mind. You know, it's almost like a you could picture it as like a high five or like a reassurance, like reconfirmation that you're on the right path. Like let's say you you're you're not sure about an interview and you're thinking about it, you're overanalyzing the whole situation and then right. you think for a moment, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And then you see the number 68 you're supposed to kind of just go with your last thought. Like, oh, okay, perfect. And you could use that. And that's just what they say. So I'm going to do more research into angel numbers because I've never heard of that before. Angel numbers? Oh, yeah. I, I'm actually about to become a believer of it. I'm pretty yes. sure. Because yes. it gets even deeper. Any major moment, any uh, milestone of my life that I've crossed has involved the number 68 Dude, at see? some point. See? And then I, I like like the last especially especially after like 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 post college. Like when I when I graduated college, I started looking for different jobs. Um and right now, even though life right now is incredibly difficult. Yeah. I think I'm doing the right things to get to where well, I need to be. Yeah. Because the number 68 has showed up of the last two jobs and the addresses. And also, this house that I'm currently living in right Stop. now yep. has the number 68 in go. the address. There so it's go. like, it's like what is going attention. on? Right. Why not? Right. Exactly. These are these are just things that I notice. I'm like, what is going on? Why is 68 so so there and present in my life? So this is the part of me that like is superstitious, and I can't help it. I can't help but feel like it's my angel number or my lucky number or yeah. whatever you want to call it, you know? Yeah. All I know is that the next major milestone that I cross that'll lead to Mr. Thrive being a brand and influence of Hollywood, it'll involve the number 68 somehow. Yeah. Whether that means, you know, it can, be, it can mean anything. It doesn't have to mean the address. It can mean maybe, uh, maybe, maybe the, 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 you know, it might be $68,000 that I use to invest in, Tight. you know, invest in something. Or it could Mr. be Thrive, 68 employees Studios that I hire, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it means. 68 square feet, that'd be very small. But you get what I'm saying. Like, there's just so many different possibilities of what it can mean. So yeah. it's like, I don't get it. Yeah. But it's happening. You don't need to. I, you you know. just have to believe. And then that, it's going to become true. Because if you believe it, right, you're only in your body. You only can see through your perspective. If that's something you believe, then it's kind of true. Right. Like, if I thought I was a crazy person, I thought I was crazy. Uh-huh. But I got, I've got, i gotten, you know, scanned and MRIs and everything came back clean. And I'm... Corey, you're not a crazy person. It's right. what the doctors would be telling me. Everyone around me doesn't think I'm crazy. But if that's what I think, like that, that's my reality because I'm only in my reality. So sure. We're sharing this reality. Sure. You know, it, it gets so much deeper. I almost don't even want to go there, bro. I'm glad that you ha- you could go there a little bit, though. I, I definitely can. I can. Yeah. I, I'm I'm imaginative enough. Imaginative enough to yeah. to be open minded to those possibilities. So. Yeah. And Pisces are known to be the very ima- like imaginative. 
<laughs> zodiac. I'm not. You look it up later. The I, I will. I most imaginative zodiac of all the zodiacs. They're known to be the most spiritual. Okay. And even if you're not, you know, it's always room for transformation, and you might surprise yourself. Very cool. I'm. Yeah. I'm going to do a lot more research after this podcast over. Let's go dissect it together a little bit. I'm very so, down. It's very interested. Great tangent. Uh. All right. Back to the back to the interview. Back to the podcast here. I'm starting the timer right now. <laughs> yes. Alrighty. Now that we're back to the podcast, what is what is because about? Because what it's about. Okay. Well, in a nutshell, dude. Because is the train of thought and a series of events that led me to the ultimatum that was, I'm gonna live in my truck. Right, I've been living in my studio apartment in North Hollywood for four years. No roommates, no um, no anything, just me and that box. And I just felt like since I've been off social media for almost two years, eventually, you know, once I post anything, you know, people are gonna notice I'm living in my truck. The last time they saw me, you know, I, I wasn't. So I knew the question why would appear multiple times. So I just created a project that was titled Because, because I just knew it would it would happen. And I've always wanted to make a short film that was dark and personal. And um, I it was like killing two birds in one stone. I knew people would be curious as to why. And on the other side, I've always wanted to make a short film. And this was my opportunity, you know? Is this the film that you as an actor have always wanted to be in? Yeah, because I've always wanted to be... <laughs> I've always wanted to act possessed. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I'm wearing blacked out contacts throughout the whole thing because I'm possessed by social constructs, right? It's very, okay. um, it gets a little meta, but I cool. like that because I'm overanalyzing. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So yeah, dude, I'm like possessed and stuff. And I like, I, I, um, I just show everybody kind of where the thought even hatched, like where it all came from. And I bring everybody back to 2017 and bring them all the way back to the present. And I use, um, it's kind of hard to call it a short film. You know, I call it a collection of content. Others may call it a very experimental short film because I structured it um, specifically for Instagram, right? Mm. That's why the camera back there is shooting vertically. I've uh, figured out the dimensions and everything. and It's just specifically for Instagram. It will be on YouTube, but like I said, it was made for Instagram. And yeah, it's gonna have a lot of different content. It's not just scenes. It's gonna be poetry. It's gonna be you know, um, it's kind of my editorial debut as well because I'm just gonna be chopping up different podcasts and interviews that kind of back whatever the topic of each scene would be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and we go out to the public. I have a microphone and I have like specific questions and I ask the public, you know, questions that are related to the scene. And it's uh, it's just very diabolical. There's a lot of different sides to it. I'm excited to see what this Dude, I'm goes. excited to see it, dude. <laughs> I'm excited, bro. I'm in post-production right now, which is like the most important part. So there's a lot of pressure right now. A lot of pressure. But I'm just... Um, Jonah Hill, when he made mid-90s, um, I remember looking at, a lot, um, looking at a lot of his interviews. And he said he asked for advice because he was making his first feature film or his first film, period. And somebody told him, this is your first feature so the only advice I would give you is to enjoy it because this is your first. Like everything that's happening is going to be the first time it happens. So just try to be there as much as you can, be as present as you can and soak it all in. Because sure, it may happen again, but never for the first time. You're losing your virginity. And um, 
that's what I've just been trying to do. So I'm just taking all the stress with a smile. Sure. Just marching through the pain, bro. Totally. It's kind of funny. I, I, you said you called it a short film, but I don't see it ending. Hmm. It doesn't sound like it has to end. It doesn't. It sounds like you can make enough content to make it a full feature if you wanted to. Especially with the format that it gets released on. Dude, it's funny that you say that. It could be like over an hour long. Right. Yeah, I have two terabytes of footage to to work on right now. That's wild. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever used Premiere Pro or After Effects. Um, first time I ever writ- wrote in, wrote in, <laughs> written a script. First right. time I ever wrote a script. And the first time I've ever directed people I didn't grow up with, you know. Oh, so how yeah, was that? It was, it was a learning curve. Sure. You know, it was great. Like if I would just put like a caveat on everything, it was awesome. Like th- I know what I'm gonna die for. This is it. But um, yeah, I learned a lot about myself directing others. You know, you <laughs> yeah. learn a lot about yourself. Yo, you you definitely do. Uh, it it kind of almost goes hand in hand with. Talking to strangers? Do you mm-hmm. do that a lot? or Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Well, I mean, you, know. you kind of did with the guy who told you about your horoscope. and. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm open to strangers. Right. You know, there's a lot of crackheads in L.A. that I try to avoid. Like, literally the other day, uh, uh, I, he wasn't a crackhead. I guess he wasn't. But he was very drunk. And I was with my girlfriend and my, my one of my brothers. And he pulled a knife on me, man. Oh, my God. But randomly. I mean, did he actually try to attack you with no. it? No. But just the fact that he pulled it out and made eye contact with me and walked away was enough to like get me going, you know? That's terrifying. Yeah, he, he came up and he was speaking in Spanish. He was Colombian. He was just like talking about how drunk he was. And, you know, I, I didn't understand him, but I'm just, I knew he was fucked up. So I'm not paying him too much attention. Yeah. I, I come across homeless people all the time. And not the homeless like I'm going to be. I mean, like cracked out people. Right. So, you know, I just like, okay, this is just another crackhead. But then he blew his breath in my face so I could smell the beer. And I started getting a little pissed. I was like, "Bro, you should you should walk over there. Right. You should you should leave." Right. And he did. Just leave. And he did. Yeah. He, he... And then, uh, yeah, I, maybe I got a little too aggressive. Well, that's what my girlfriend told me at least, because he pulled a knife out. And then I mean, can, is didn't is, know what's gonna happen. What's the responsible? Uh, you know, what's the what's the best response to that? I don't think there is a best response to that. You know, I'd be I'd be scared. I'd be I'd be terrified. You know, a little bit. It was the, a big blade. Do you, do you come at him? No. I'm not no. ready to fight a guy with a knife, you no. know? So, I mean, yeah. I mean, emotions are high. Yeah, you know. Are. That's freaky, man. It ruined my day. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. No, it's all good. That's bullshit. It's all, it, it happens. Yeah. And I have to be extra aware if I'm going to be living in my truck. So, it was like a good lesson to what's to happen in the <laughs> yeah. near future. Right. It's just, it's unpredictable. But, um, you know, you actually just brought up something that I want to talk about a little bit. Nice. You're going to be living in your truck soon yes uh how's how's that process going towards that transition well um i gave my 30-day notice um on the 5th of this month so i have to leave on december 5th even if i change my mind i won't be able to go back like i have to leave so i feel a little bit better now that the pressure's off like the, the decision is made for me um i feel a lot i feel a little more free I feel like um, I'm taking one of the most important risks in my life. You know, like this is really a chance. And I feel like it just, it marinated with me um, in a way that felt reassuring. Like clearly this is what I want, man. Like there's no mistake that I'm here doing this with you, you know, buying this equipment, 
writing the stories that I've, I've wrote so far, like there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. I, I went to college, right? I have my degree in criminal justice, but, um, you know, some, some life-changing things happened within my household that told me that this, this, is, this was never for me and it's not going to be for me. You should probably do the thing you daydream about all the time, you know, and um, that's what I'm doing right now. Good for you. Yeah. Can I ask what happened in your household that, that led to that? Yeah, dude. Um, you know, it. people say stuff like, sorry for your loss, and I get it, um, but I just want to let you know that it, it was a long time ago. Like, I'm, I'm past and I'm over it. But I had a stepfather who was a detective, and he committed suicide. He shot himself in the face, you know? I saw the whole thing. Um, well, I saw the aftermath. And just seeing that, it just really, it just told me a lot, right? It told me a lot. I could get really into it and give you the details because that's my life. But just that split moment changed my life. If he hadn't done what he did, I probably would have just, you know, been a cop. And I'm, I'm totally not a cop. I don't really care if you're smoking weed in your car. You know, like, I was just brainwashed, dude. Like, when you graduate high school, your parents are like, oh, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? You have to go do that. You have to do that now. Like, we got to sign the papers. Like, we have all these open schools. And you just, you, you don't, I didn't know. I didn't know. I felt like just, you know, no one in my family is an artist. My my dad is a principal. My mom's a drug counselor. So, they're, you know, everyone's, uh, everybody was just a little bit on the other side of the arts. So I ignored everything that I wanted to be, and I just wanted to make them happy. And I did it for a while. I got my degree, but then I saw what I saw, and my mom understood. And she's all the way um, supportive of me, as well as my dad, my family, even. I think that's wild. If you don't mind me digging into this a little bit, how does watching or seeing the aftermath of your stepfather turn into you knowing that you have to now pursue your own happiness? Well, in a nutshell, right? We're doing the whole punctuality thing. Um, I was just talking to him, you know? Like, it was a party. It was like my coming back party from uh, college. I went to two different community colleges. I went to a place called Brookdale and a place called Bergen. You know, they're on different sides of New Jersey. One was the south side, one was the north. So when I came back from the South Side, all my friends were there, had a like little like, you know, coming back party. My sister, I have two little sisters, shout out to Courtney and Coco. Um, they had their friends over, my mom had her friends over, and my stepdad has had his friends over. You know, I had a like a nice backyard, you know, in, indoor pool, indoor pool, in-ground pool, a little basketball court. Like um, it was, I had a really, um, I was blessed. I had a nice childhood, you know, and um yeah, it was a party and, you know, things got out of hand and he did what he did. And just the fact that I knew I was just speaking to that man and now, like, my toes have his blood on it from walking in a, in a room after hearing some shit, it, uh, it changed my life in a way that it just made me appreciate life even more. And oddly enough, there was a quote that I heard or um, came across on Instagram maybe like a, that night or a day after that was like, everybody has two lives, Right. And the second life comes in when you realize you only have one. And it just made so much sense to me. It's a little, maybe a little confusing, but it just, it just clicked with me. It marinated so well. And um, it, yeah, everything, everything changed after that. Everything. Not the same dude. Right. We, I think, I, th I feel like I might have experienced maybe that, that realization that 
sudden understanding of that you're not going to live forever. Yeah, but like really seeing it, you know? Yeah. Like you know that. It's something right. that you know, but just when it's like a live example, it's just like, fuck. Right. What the fuck am I doing? I fucking hate algebra. Sure, I love the letter X, but like, dude, I hate statistics. I hate, why, why am I learning science? I'm never going to have to use the, the, the stuff I learn in statistics. You know, like, oh, this is the slope and you have to figure out why and just, I, what's the deviation? Like, I don't need that. Sure. You know? Yeah. But, you know, my parents were educators and I, I was brainwashed. I thought that's what I needed to do. And that's why this film is is um, centered around social constructs, right? They, mm-hmm. they possess us all. They really, really do. Mm-hmm. And if you're aware, you're able to maneuver more freely, you know? It's all good. I told you we're getting deep, bro. <laughs> yeah. We're getting deep, man. Yeah. Like, um, if I'm going to work with anybody, I want it to be, sure, on a business level, but I need to, like, be able to fuck with you as a person. Sure. Right? Um, that's, that's what matters to me more than business. Like, business is business, but if I don't really, I don't know, like you or we can't go there, then we're limited. And we're, if we're making art, there no boundaries. No boundaries could be on set or just in the air. Creative to creative. Yes. You, you need that. Exactly. You need that that level of depth. I I feel like I feel like when when a director makes a film, especially like like Tarantino has talked about this, like love that guy. He he says, uh, you don't need to go to film school to be a good filmmaker. Yeah. You just need to love film. Yeah. You need to love what you're doing. I think that comes hand in hand with loving who you're working with. Yeah. If you're working with a really great cast and crew, not just in their ability to function, but their ability to just simply you know, dig into each other's minds and then work with your mindset, an understanding of your mindset in their work, mm-hmm. you know, they, they will produce the, a certain level of depth that wasn't there before. And that's, that's, that's one of those wild things about art is that you can watch a movie a hundred times and pick up something new, pick up something time. new every yeah. time. But it was always there. Right. It was just something new in you. Right. That allowed you to see it. Right. Yeah. Um, Going back a little bit, I just want to say I have a lot of respect and and for for what you just talked about, and I think that's very brave of you to talk about regarding your step your stepfather. So thank you thank for you. sharing that, man. Thanks for being cool about it, bro. Of course, of course. Um, I just I just don't believe in 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 sympathy. I know. <laughs> you know. Trust me, it's okay. You don't even need to hold your breath saying that to me. Like I, right. I get it. I, I, I believe. It. I'm I, still a little angry. I, I believe in empathy. And, um, you know, sympathy is a very superficial level. And I think that, I think that people just saying like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry you went through that. Because, you know, what else would you, are you going to say? Right. right. So I get it. I, I, I'm, I get I've been it. avoiding saying it just because like this is one of those moments where it's like, okay, you really, I really need to practice empathy. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. Naturally, I want to say that. But everyone says that. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And it's, it comes off as like you don't really care. But on the flip side, like I understand why you're saying that. What else could you really say? Sure. You don't want to make it more awkward. Right. So you just say the safe word. Sure. Or the safe, um, safe sentence. But yeah. Mm, that feels good, man. Does it feel good? You have a podcast, you have <laughs> therapy session. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, do you, ever, do you ever see a therapist? I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I um, There was a therapy I saw that was, um, he was kind of different he uh what was it called i don't want to call it hypnotherapy and be incorrect but he used hypnosis in his um practice and um i don't know if it worked but i believe in it 
Okay. I believe it could. Sure. But uh, it didn't really work for me. Is that like almost like a matter of like tricking the brain into thinking something different? It's more of like you have the truth in your subconscious most of the time. And it's like trying to get that out so you could deal with it in your waking life Mm -hmm. and then move on. Right. Yeah. How do you use that today? What, like digging into my subconscious? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I used to really be into the, the practice of astral planning and like lucid dreaming. So like b- before the film, I, I was not okay, which is like why I got off social media. I was, I had a lot of issues that I needed to resolve. So I knew I should probably do this in private. So like I got off social media and I just had like a weird phase where I was like getting super high and um, just this weed. But um, just smoking all the time and drinking NyQuil, like, in the afternoon. Really? So, like, the day could just be over. And, right. And, like, the next day could start. Right. You know? Like, coming home from work and, like, eating as much as I can. Because, like, eating on a full stomach allows me to stay asleep longer. Sure, yeah. And, yeah, it's just The like, carb coma. Yeah, dude. And just drinking Z-Quil uh, or NyQuil. I drink Z-Quil now because it's not alcoholic But, like, NyQuil. And, like, try to leave my body or like lucid dream right it was, it was because weird. because I, <laughs> yeah because yeah. addiction doesn't necessarily come from a drug Mm-mm. that's something wild that i that that i i had to embrace a couple years ago um when like i, I think i was just noticing like like bad habits like watching tv mm-hmm. that's a that's a type of addiction right oh, there dude. porn porn yeah that's an addiction i yeah. have to stop that did i mention i had no roommates for four years oh yeah I don't care, dude. Porn was an addiction. Yeah. Totally knocked that out of my life. Hardcore. Hard, I mean, you know, every now and then, maybe like, I don't know, I just like look, you know, me and my girlfriend, I want to try something kinky, whatever. Okay. Sure. You know? Yeah. But like, it's not what it was like before. That was like how I used to go to sleep. And, and, and it's like, it's like, how do you break out of that? And then like, I mean, like luckily, luckily porn or like just like watching TV, like the simple answers to those, like just turn it off. And go to bed. And it might be hard at first, and so then you'll hard. go to bed. It, so hard. So hard. Yeah. No, no euphemisms in that statement. But. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. I see it all. But, but, um, but it, it's, it's, it's not a drug in that respect, you know? It just, it's just something you, you kind of, like, latch onto in, like, a very irresponsible way. And it totally just ruins uh, a certain ability of yours. It hinders, mm-hmm. it hinders your ability to sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and whatnot. And... You're you're dependent a little bit. Yeah, right? I, I think so. The more all... independent you are, the more free you are. So you're right. less free. The more addictions you have, the more bad habits you can't shake. But before that, you have to like become vulnerable. And so a couple yeah. of years ago, I I hit my my level of vulnerability that I had never been at before. Mm. I was depressed. Yeah, and it's it's because of the fact that I almost feel like it's superficial compared to other people's depressions and issues, but. Nonetheless, it's valid. I have to embrace that. Essentially, I was just, you know, starting out in the film industry and like, you know, really just embracing that fact that I don't know what to do. And film school did prepare me and nothing in my life that I've ever done for film has ever prepared me. And then I look over at my friend who's becoming a doctor Mm -hmm. and it's like, how the fuck are you a doctor? Dude. Right? Isn't that, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I have those same friends. And it's like, it's like, you know... It's hard. It's hard to be around sometimes, you yeah. know. Yeah, I have a segment in my in my collection that deals with being um, jealous of friends 
actually. Okay. It's like a whole scene. And um, you'll be surprised because we ask people on the street, like, have you ever been jealous of a friend of yours? And like almost everybody says, absolutely. Oh, yeah. It happens. But it's yeah. not, it shouldn't be envy. It should be more of like a, damn, like, I really wish that was me. And then, like, uh, encourage you to do more. But right. I know what that sound is. Yep. Let's it's just secret go ahead time. And dive into that. All right. Um, you had the first secret last time. I'll do the first secret this time. Nice. All right. Staying on the theme of superstition. Nice. Okay. Can stay there. We can just stay there. Somehow, mm. it just it's becoming a thing. But. This is another thing that I've become superstitious about, and it's because it happens every now and then, and I don't know what to make of it. I almost want to say that I could, and this is where everyone's going to think I'm crazy, but I could have a superpower. Say that but with I, your chest, <laughs> Yes. I could have a superpower. You fucking do. But, like, I, I, don't, I don't know how do I use it so that way I could... I could prevent something. So what? Here's what happens, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be in a place mm. that I've never been in my entire life and know where the bathroom is. No, like not well. No, not quite. Something but like it. What'll happen is I'll be like talking to a person, mm-hmm. or I'll be doing an activity, mm-hmm. and I'll suddenly realize I've been here before, and I've it's and I realize this. It's almost like when two pictures are aligning for the first time. Like if you had the like two transparent. Uh, photos that were like meant for light to go through and they were just to line up like I have these moments in my brain where I see what I'm looking at and what I'm doing lining up with something that I've done before except it has to be the exact same photo so one thing that I wonder is like is there another timeline right now Hmm. like an alternative universe happening and we're doing the same thing that's one thought another thought is Another thought is, I wonder, like, okay, what if I, what if I died, and as soon as I died, the first thing that happened was, I just like, let's say it's God, He hits the reset button, and I start again, and so my brain gets wiped, it gets set back into development, I get created again, and then we do it again, so now I'm on the second time, and somehow in the last life in this life i'm doing the same thing again or i always think about the fact that only like 13 percent of our brain is utilized yeah and there's a good whatever eight, the number eight, is you know whatever yeah. i think i believe that 13 percent of our brain gets utilized and there's 87 percent of our brain that is still not being used it's just gray matter yeah useless gray matter i wonder if we all have this ability to have a superpower. Yeah. Right? We all have a third eye. And then as soon as we harness that 87%, we are able to do supernatural things that we can only dream about with computer graphics mm-hmm. in movies, mm-hmm. you know, or comic books, you know. And I, if, if, if that is my 80%, 87% ability from the brain, it would be to tell the future, <coughs> to be able to see something before it happens. Tight. That that happens every now and then, and and as soon as it happens, I have like this moment where I like, I'm like I'm like taking it all in, and I'm saying to myself, I can't believe this is happening again, and I have to like, I have to like, set it aside or else people are gonna think I'm weird, and I just keep keep it buried deep down because I don't know what, like like what's gonna happen. The last time it happened, by the way, yeah, was when I was in Chicago just a couple days ago, 
a place that I've never been to in my entire life. My girlfriend was saying something to me. Did you finish your sentence? No, I mean, like, I totally finished my sentence. I was able to, like, complete my thought. But this moment was the two pictures lined up just happened. And there I was, like, like, whoa, what am I? Have I been here before? No. I had to really think about it. <coughs> but I also had to keep moving forward or else the whole world would look at me like, what's wrong with you? You know? I, I, that's the part of me that's, like, so weird. I don't get it. I don't get it, dude. So that's my secret. That's very Pisces of you, man. <laughs> it's very Pisces of you. I can't wait till you do your research, dog. Yeah, I'm gonna do I the research. Wait. Well, why, why, why is it very Pisces of me? Well, just in short, man, you guys are just in another world. You're in the spiritual realm. Yeah, you have one foot in there and yeah. one foot in reality. And some dude, I swear to God, when you look this stuff up, I'm not just saying this to okay. relate to your sign or whatever. Like, sure. These are all things that are said way before I've got got here. But yeah, you guys have like, you guys have one side. That's completely different from the other, right? The sign, um, the the I hate to call it a mascot, but the mascot of Pisces are two fish swimming in opposite directions, you know? Okay. So it's just, you, it sounds like you're experiencing something of that nature, you know? Wow. Okay. Hey, who knows, man? Who I'm knows? just I'm just a guy. <laughs> I'm just a guy who what, likes to film. What's your secret? I feel like I should probably say something like light, <laughs> like <laughs> something happy. And sure. I'm trying to think of what I wrote down earlier. Well, I mean, don't feel obligated. You could say whatever you want. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, we'll keep it dark and depressing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but if I were to just uh, put another secret right now, would be my birth wasn't planned, and I was. I, okay, so the secret I I guess I would say would be my birth wasn't planned and my parents tried to abort me three separate times and I'm here. Wow. Yeah, man. That's a lot. Well, they they were very young when they had me. They were young, you know? Yeah. And they didn't do it, you know, but I feel like anybody, I've met a few people who they've had um, a baby by accident and they're like, fuck, dude. And then, you know, they're freaking right. out. Yeah. You know, you know, the thought's going to come across. But, yeah, like three separate times they, they tried, but it just didn't work out. It's a lot. I yeah. mean, it's, I mean, wow. I mean, I'm glad you're here. Me too, man. I'm glad you're here, dog. <laughs> this is you, cool. Dude. This is cool. Great, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I promise my next secret would be lighter and sure. more cheerful. Because sure. this, this is just damn. <laughs> yeah, the project is pretty dark, man. I'm just... I'm just that kind of guy. I don't know. No. I just I love the dark arts. I love you know happy stuff too. Like I love Robot Chicken. I love Rick and Morty. Sure. I love Off Air on Adult Swim. Um, just you know, I watch Family Guy. I have no doubt that you're a happy person. The first time I met you, yeah. you were only smiles. Yeah. Dude. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's because I see both sides of the spectrum, and I know you need both. Right. You need that. Right. You know. So, we need a little. We need a little bitterness in that coffee. Exactly. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. No, I. Sometimes being happy, happy shit gets gets too, too sweet for me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, I I need that brain fluff every now and then. I for just real. got done watching Breaking Bad to watch El Camino, which is all. Wait, you never? You, you just? No, 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 no. no. I, I was rewatching it. Breaking I Bad. I respect that. To watch El Camino, and now like after that, like I felt like emotionally drained yeah so right now what i'm watching i'm watching the kaminsky method there you go you know yeah. like just switching <laughs> switching back yeah i need that i need that flip-flop that of, yin and yang man yeah that yin and yang oh man 
but that, that's that's the funny thing. Do you think? Do you find yourself only gravitating towards dark stuff when 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 working on a project? No, no. I like if you look at my Instagram, I would do mostly like little funny things. Right. But um, I felt like I was getting like typecasted within my own mind. Like I just felt almost uncomfortable doing drama or something serious or something a little dark or eerie, and I didn't like that. Right. Know? So this whole absence or hiatus from social media was perfect for me to kind of like retransform my brand and just who I am as a person what I like to make and make exactly that did that hiatus from social media align with your sobriety that you were talking about yeah yeah what, what, all at the same time you might have said it but why why did you do that why did you go on that journey the social media yeah uh man well I was I loved it dude I loved it a little too much you know I would post at night just so I could wake up to a bunch of hearts and comments, and it was like my thing. Like, I loved it. And, um, you know, because I'm out here in L.A., my family's not out here. Um, you know, friends are weird, you know. Uh, weird meaning they're new. And sometimes you, you make good friends out here, but other times you're not too sure who are your friends. You meet you know? a lot of phonies in Los That's Angeles. That's what I'm trying to say, dude. And it's like um, social media kind of just made me feel... Like I belonged to some sort of community that I always had with me. Sure. That was always rooting me on and like, you know, my cheerleaders or whatever. Just like, and I get to be a part of everybody's day and everybody that I've ever known gets to be a part of my day. And it just makes me feel like we're all connected. Right. And I just, I loved it, but I loved it a little too much. I would like stay in bed for way too long, just scrolling, just mm -hmm. mind, like just scrolling with no mind. And um, I was like, you know what? This is something I'm dependent on. And I'm a very independent driven person so i was like let me see if i could knock this and i knocked it and i knew i wanted to come back with the project didn't know what it would be but after a while i stumbled across um the idea that you know me paying rent every month and all the energy that i spend making this money isn't worth it anymore because you know i i work at dave and busters currently you work there as well yes sir and um yeah it was just a judgment day one time like there was just a table that like threatened to fuck me up, quote unquote. And um, it was super busy. There was no managers to be around. I still had to serve them. It was like dropping the money on the floor, like making it a big thing Jesus. over beer. And I just, I hated it, man. It was the most one of the most humiliating things I had to deal with, right? Very degrading. Yeah. Got home, I broke everything down to the foundation. I was like, okay, why am I dealing with people like that in the first place? Right. Right? And I was like, because you need money, Corey. It's like, oh, okay. For sure. Yeah. But what do I need this money for? For your apartment, Corey. You, you, need a, you need an apartment. And I was like, okay, why do I need an apartment? And I couldn't think of a good enough reason besides it's convenient. Right. It's so, convenient and also everyone else is doing it. Every, every social constructs, dude. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is doing it. That's yeah, just, yeah. It's normal. Like, it's right. completely fine. Like, it's right. not an abnormal thing to pay rent. Like, everyone has to deal with it. But I just thought kind of like a... Um, I had a moment to myself, like, okay, what if I didn't have to pay rent? What, right. what would I be doing? Am I going to be homeless on the street? No, I have a truck. You know what, dude? I'm a fucking living there, dude. I can't stand this shit anymore. Sure. When I first got here, I was always I was in school, so I was always working on films. I was always on set. I was always working out. I was always busy, right? I loved myself. But then, you know, the loan money ran out, and I had to get a real job. And I quickly realized how much time I wasn't spending on my career and how much time was devoted towards just surviving. And I said, fuck that. Enough. I don't, I don't need any of that shit, 
right? I need my equipment. I need my camera equipment, right? I need to keep doing what I'm doing and I need to make sure that I don't stop, right? If I die doing this shit, then I, I, I died doing what I love. But if I die getting fucked up by some table at Dave and Buster's, dude, <laughs> yeah, like, fuck me. You know what I'm saying? So That's a rock bottom. That yeah for sure dude for yeah. sure and um that's when I decided like okay so I'm a I'm gonna move into my truck but you know what though I think this is a very brave thing that you're about to do is you're about to live in your truck uh in a, in a homey style you're gonna be able to cook from what I remember you telling me yeah you know yeah I hooked it up yeah I think that's I think that's pretty great shout um, out to Epic Collectives they Epic. Uh, they um they transformed my truck into like an RV they're pretty dope okay is that like a is that like a a car well actually they they company? normally do vans. Okay. Right? That's another thing, dude. I found out about van life. I don't know if you heard about this. Well, I was going to talk about that, yeah. the movement of van life. Dude, after. Like, I was kind of on the flip side. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this. I told my mom. All she had to say, like, I was like, Mom, I'm, I think I'm going to move into my truck. All she had to say was, you know, it's going to get, like, really hot in the summer, right? She didn't say it like that. She was like, what? It's going to get hot. You can't live in your car. It's going to get hot. That's dangerous. Yeah. That's all she needed to say to like make me be like, oh yeah, that's stupid. I don't know what I was thinking, but I couldn't get the thought out of my head. Like it was right. always there. Right. So like two weeks passed and then I stumbled across like this van life thing. And when I found out there was a community right. of people that are doing this, dude, it was done. That was the decision. Right. It was made. And they're able to, they're able to, I mean, you're adding mods essentially. You're adding mods yeah. to make your your truck livable yeah i have a bed um tempur-pedic mattress pull-out stove a yeti fridge um a deep cycle battery so i'm able to put like uh i could charge whatever you know and uh, my truck is in good enough health a ford explorer 2005 it's just weird because that was the family truck back from home oh wow so, yeah i remember being like it's been with you forever dude i was like 11 years old watching spongebob in that car because it has a little TV. That's cute. And now I'm living in it. Right. Well, I'm going to be. Yeah. Yeah. You said Full an circle. Wait, I just realized something. You said, you said an Explorer. I know, dude. I I know. That was my dad's uh, first car, actually. Oh, for sure. That yeah. was, or at least the one that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. That he took me fishing. And I remember that. We I had the fishing. dogs in the back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 a whole full circle for me right there. For sure. Me too, man. That's me great. Too. Uh, because we're a little bit limited on time, I was wondering <gasps> if you'd be okay with doing going on to the next secret. Oh, yeah, man. What is, um, I guess I go first, huh? Yeah. Next secret. No, 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 no. Um, I used to write raps all the time. Okay. My friends used to be like really into rap. Okay. And no one wanted to make films with me. I used, I've been making like YouTube videos since like middle school. Yeah. Right. Um. So glad that it didn't pop off. Like, if I got popular for my YouTube videos, I would have sure. been a little upset because I was a different person back then. Um, I, that's another story. Okay. But, um, yeah, dude, I was always making YouTube videos by myself because no one would really want to do it with me consistently. So I would just rap with my friends, and it was, like, something that I just used to do a lot. <laughs> I, I used to kind of want to do that with my life. Right. Yeah, it's, like it's rap. Be a rapper. Okay. I think I think I, I think everyone had a little bit of a rap phase. Of you course, know? yeah. Oh, every millennial, bro. Every millennial right. has definitely rapped oh, yeah. over yeah. an instrumental on YouTube. <laughs> no way that you did. You know what I mean? No, definitely. It reminds me. I was in summer camp, and and me and my kids, me and my friends would would like. I would, I was a really good beatboxer. I still can beatbox. Oh shit! And <laughs> and my friends would just go freestyling, and so I, I remember like I would like then like then it'd be my turn to jump in and, and do a, a freestyle, and I just would 
flop over my words and it's fun though (laughs) it's fun it's fun finding the words at the last moment now i don't even try like if i'm in the car and i'm bored enough and i hear like a lo-fi beat oh lo-fi is tight i'll I'll fuck around with it hell yeah you know i'll just talk about what's around me (laughs) yeah (laughs) because like that's part of the human experience just allowing yourself to be weird a little bit in your own little box i know i be normal bro that's so boring like what do you do when you're alone you do like weird shit sometimes like, are you yeah. just, like, you know, like, being a professional human all the time, dude? I, I like to be a little bit professional, you know? Like, if you look at my room enough, like, very rarely you'll see that it gets out of hand. I like to keep things OCD a little bit, you know? No, that's good. Your room is very clean. For everybody listening to this, this man has a very respectable room. Thank you. No, it's Appreciate nice. It. It's nice, for I sure. take I take pride in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, And then, and then like, the... <laughs> and then, like, my weird side kicks in. So I'm, like, in there and I'm talking to myself and I'm being... Uh, I mean, if someone were to see me and not have any context, they'd think I'm a lunatic. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's just how it goes down. Talk uh, good. Yeah. Do you, you still have? Do you still have some of your raps, by the way? Dude, no. Yeah. I don't have my raps, you know, but like, I don't know. I probably could like remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you got? Oh you got, my god! Is this where this is going, bro? I I would love to. <sighs> I I could lay you a beat. <laughs> Okay. Yeah? Uh, all right, for sure. For sure. Can I borrow your water? Yeah, please. You know, you know we're gonna, if we're going to do it, we're going to do Go it. Go ahead, man. My germs are only, you know, toxic. Um, Now that you drink it. It's all good. We're brothers now. All right. <laughs> That's right. Blood spit brothers. <laughs> all right. So do you want me to lay a beat or what do you want? Uh, what would you prefer to go ahead and put an instrumental or a beat? No, no, I'll I'll put in a beat. I'll I'll, I'll do the beat right now. All right, let's I'll do it. Beatbox it. Again. That shit better be ill. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Check it out. Hey. I guess they want me to spit. Dope lines, you could call it a fix. Pocket full of fucks, handful of shit, but I never give them up like a homie that don't snitch. Ball stay blue like my baby's finna crib. Got all these bitches scared, but I never pull the Chris. Breezy, pull them out, eeny, meeny, I see yo chick looking at me, see we be all up in the cut like germs, chilling in the hood, but we really from the burbs, special ed flow, cause these niggas don't learn, I'll swerve on your chick like we making like turns, word, posted on your block, big worm, astounded with the nouns, even sicker with the verbs, dick in your ear, so it's fuck what you heard, yo, yo mama hit me up, I tell her, wait, her turn, burn, mother effer, I'm dope, I bring a sense of humor yeah. that these other shits uh, don't, so uh. chick hit me up, said she wanna fuck slow, then I be coming through like the rubber just broke, Woo. bro, cool, <laughs> I totally could've kept that going, I was like, cause I was like fascinated, I was like, yo, I remember this shit, yeah, I was actually surprised, you said, yeah, <laughs> cause you were, you were like, about like, not, <laughs> I have to get into it, man. Well done, dude. My, I, I don't was... know what I was doing with my hands. It <laughs> <That laughs> helps about, me remember, I guess. You're about to play the video back and go, oh, that's what I was doing with my oh, hands. Oh, God. <laughs> so, it's all good. Uh, I, but I had to save you there just so you right. know, like, the beatbox. Right. It's a lot. It could be a lot. No, that was remarkable, dude. Great job. Um, it was cute. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
<laughs> it was cute. Yeah, I tried. I tried. Now I'm talking about my my shit. Your free your your beatbox helped me get you know get into it. So yeah. that was dope. Your shit wasn't cute. You nailed it. You yeah, fucking that shit was that shit was adorable. You were fire. <laughs> um, all right. My secret. My secret is that. All right. So. Scarlett Johansson, stunning, beautiful, very sexy woman. You know, if you just saw Jojo Rabbit, recommend it. She does a fantastic job on it. But her most attractive feature that, I mean, I think some who are listening to this would say that I fetishize. I don't consider it, consider it a fetish because in my mind it's not sexual. But here's what I want to happen. Mm-hmm. I want her to big spoon me while she reads me a story just so I could hear her voice and feel her her, her embrace and that's really fucking weird. It's very, very specific. But something about Scarlett Johansson, if you watch the movie Her. I saw it. Oh, my God, dude, her voice. I know. Right. Say so no it, more, bro. It, it brings you in. That mm-hmm. was, the, I think, for that movie, they were contemplating giving her an Oscar just for her voice. She did a great job. But they couldn't because they didn't have an award for that. And there was no one else to nominate Created. her against. Right, but then she would have been the only nominee. I think it was the issue. Oh, that got year. it. That makes sense. So, got it. Yep. <laughs> nominated best voice of the year, Scarlett Johansson, and then no one else. <laughs> but then, can't you do like you know voiceovers for animation and like nominate those people? I, I don't right? know. I, I, I feel like you could. Like I don't best know why voiceover. That, right. That I don't could be you know for film or animation. Right. Make it ambiguous. Yeah, you know. So, uh, I just I love her voice. I obsessed with it and i would if if there's any i think there are uh books on tape with scarlett johansson as the narrator mm. i have to do a little more research now i think about it because this, this isn't something i've thought about in a, in a while but oh my god i'd be all over it if i could hear scarlett johansson just read a story and and then p- that part about the her big spooning me yeah i mean it just feels like i feel like that'd be fun you know, that'd be dope. I would love to get on that level of just being Scarlett Johansson's bro <laughs> to get to that level. Yeah. And for it to still stay platonic. You know, you I want it to stay platonic. I, I, I do. I just have that much respect for her. I don't think I'm a, I don't think I'm worthy. Uh. <laughs> but B, I, I, I just, I find her. I majestic. I, I find her majestic. It's just one of those things I wouldn't want to she's too perfect yeah you know it's like ah, oh, i don't want to do that with you right it's not because of you it's because of me yeah you know i just don't want to ruin that so so shelly you got a real one over here <laughs> you got a real one real that is so respectable because i couldn't say the same <laughs> you know shout out to my girlfriend she's awesome yeah you know what's what your mean? girlfriend's name oh her name's giselle Martha. shout out to giselle you know, shout out to giselle Marta.art. That's her art page. She's an artist. Okay. You know, never, uh, you, you, can, you can't disrespect the girlfriend, right? You can't disrespect the lady. No, never. You know, because you know they're listening. Never. They have to know what's up. Like, it's just, right. we all have little thoughts. Right. It's not like we're going to act on it. You want to have a dry month? Yeah. Then talk shit on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's how you do it. And, I mean, it is November. And that's how we're all under, we're all under hostage right now. Basically. Wrapped up. Right, exactly. Like Lil Dicky in the Earth. Like Lil Dicky, yeah, exactly. On my desktop, my computer, for those who cannot see, is Lil Dicky hugging the Earth because I love that music video, Earth. Check it out. Absolutely beautiful. Throw away your plastic, recycle it. Yes. Stop playing around. Yep. Less littering, more 
hugging trees. That's not a... We'll figure that out. Anyway. This was crazy, dude. Yeah. Wait, how much more time do we have? Did we run out? You, We haven't run out, but I'm thinking maybe it's time to wrap up. What I you hear think? you. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, did we... Did we do you have this any more so secrets? Do you have this any more so secrets fun, you want to do you want to share? I'm cool. I'm cool with the secrets. Yeah. yeah, I'm cool with the secrets. I had one more written down. What was it again? It was, yeah. I mean, I could I could talk about. It. I could, Why I don't, not? It's I your don't podcast, need. dude. Well, do what I mean, you want? Do you have another secret yourself? I could come up with one. I'm okay. Full, I'm full of secrets. Okay. Or fun facts, I should say. Secrets sound kind of like okay. Secretive and sinister. All right. Fun so facts. so here's here's my last secret that I'm gonna use to wrap up the podcast, and then we'll go into. Corey's over here, mm. but there was a the when I was in middle school. Yep, I wrote a book. Tight. I mean, if you read it now; it's trash. It's terrible. You wrote a book though. But I I actually finished something, and yeah. it was like a over a five hundred page thing that I wrote, and it was a sci fi thing that at the time hmm. pretty much modeled Halo, hmm. because I'm a huge fan of Halo. Hence the yep. poster I have in my room. Yep. that was really cool. Going to that event, that Halo Outpost Discovery event in Anaheim, just a week after D23, by the way. Uh, missed it by that much, but Halo was pretty great. And, you know, I wrote this book, and it pretty much mirrored everything that happens in the Halo video game series. And then, like, as time has gone on, it's developed and changed and completely flipped. And then, like, there was a phase where I started to pay more attention to the world and what's happening. It made me think about certain things. And now it has an entirely different theme. And I first want to write a book and then a movie. It's going to be... Uh, I, I want it in the long run to be the final thing I'm known for. And that is this major, this huge sci-fi epic that encompasses the theme of that there is no such thing as a villain. Mm. I think I, that's one thing that I've never liked about um, Hollywood movies. I guess you saw Joker. I did see Joker. You liked it? I loved it. See? But for, you know, I, I loved it in the eerie way that you would love something that you almost don't want to watch for a very long time. Because that definitely has such a visceral toll on you when you watch it. At least yeah. for me anyway. For sure. You know? But End of Cycle is the name of this book that I want to create one day. This epic that I want to create. It's a it's a sci-fi story. Uh, I actually don't want to talk too much about the synopsis I because that. Yeah. I was actually surprised you were going to tell me about it because it's something that you, you, you want to see fall through. Right. And it's something that you can't do right now. I just can't, I, I just can't talk about it just don't, yet. Don't hold but, that in, man. But end of cycle is something that is going to happen because it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. That's why Tight. It, it's one of those things where it's like, people need to understand that no one's a villain. I don't like the way we, and, and it ha doesn't just happen in movies, by the way, it happens in real life. We villainize each other all the time. Yeah. And it's very, it's, it yep. makes life so much simpler if you make them a villain. But part of, <coughs> part of like, uh, you know, one example, I, I don't agree with terrorists by any means, mm -mm. but many of those terrorists who have died are dads or moms you know think about that how many how many terrorists who have died did it because they just simply were passionate and believed in something and so i really hate this saying but i can't help but face the fact that it's true and this is what makes it so problematic is that one person's terrorist is, is another person's freedom fighter i could see why this is a secret in like a 
something you don't spew all the time because it's a very strong opinion that could cause a lot of whiplash controversy right. and, and you know? i right i recognize by the way that my side of this this belief by the way is problematic i like problematic you know it, it's problematic it's not it's not a everything it's right. not a perfect thought no is the thing mm-hmm. and and it, it's just it's just gonna be that way it's just yeah. that's how that's how it goes down but that's part of the part of the story is talking about how complex this 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 world is mm-hmm. you know how does one become a villain? Why why is this man considered a villain? Can he change from being a villain? Can a villain become a hero? Can a hero become a villain? A lot of questions. Looping back to your social construct, I yep. think vil- the the phrase villain is a social construct. Yeah. You know, by by one society or one leader or a group of leaders needing to make a villain out of someone. Yeah. I mean, imagine and this isn't hard to imagine, especially with that TV show Man in the High Castle. But imagine if Hitler had won World War II. Mm. Um, you well, know, you wouldn't be here. I yeah. well, I wouldn't be here because I'm Jewish, and you wouldn't be here because you're African American and Puerto Rican and Puerto Rican. Shout out to my mom. You're not. Me. Neither of us are Aryan, Mm-mm. but different friends of ours that we grew up with, they would look at Hitler as this icon the way that we look at George Washington. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. 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 You know? George Washington. I the think... second it sounded like it, it translated as George Bush, and I was like, huh? No, no, no. George, George Washington. Washington. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. a founding father of a great idea, of a very noble experiment. For sure. You know? That's how we'd look at Hitler if he had won. I agree to seeing both sides to every story. You know? So in, in, a, in a weird way, I agree. Right. You know, I need to know the story of both sides. Yeah. And then maybe I could uh, cast someone as a villain. Right. Because you know, I, I get it. But as far as someone becoming like a villain, man, if someone's just running around stabbing babies, that ass. Like, I know it's out there, but like, it'd be hard to reason with that man's side of the story. Yeah, very hard. And, you know, like, at that point, you're just, you're a baby stabber. Like, you're a villain. You're a horrible person. Right. Die. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. But I would love to hear the side of the story. I would never shun somebody for telling their side of the story, ever. Right. Even if it's, if racism is, is involved. Like, I want to hear it. You can shun someone for the act, but you shouldn't shun someone for their honesty. Nope. Nope, nope. Right. Nice. Yeah. That's okay. just that's just what it comes down to. Thank you for sharing. That. Yeah, man. End of cycle. It's something I want to create one day. What's Still, uh? What's uh? What's your secret, buddy? Is sixty eight around? I, I'm not being funny. Like, just is it around sixty eight right now? The number? Yeah. Uh, the time is on my clock four twenty four. Yeah, uh, I don't see sixty eight. Okay, I just wanted to check. <laughs> I just wanted to check. Okay. Um, it would have been dope if it did. It would have been um, really cool. Oh. <laughs> do you see sixty eight as well? No. Oh. Uh, no, 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 no. I I do see eighteen though. Okay. But in um, double numbers, like, like two, 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 three, 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 four, four, four. I see. Or if I change my phone in military time, it gives me more like opportunities to see like. I see. Double numbers. Interesting. But, um, it, my last secret. We're gonna leave it on a on a high note. The woman I lost my virginity to is now a professional bodybuilder. Really? Yeah. And I'm not saying her name. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna ask a few uh, questions, potentially immature <laughs> ones. But <laughs> she was not a bodybuilder at all. That was my when first question. We met each other. She right. Was very skinny, very sexy, and uh, just you know, she just. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm being funny. No, it's just you know, it ended. Things all come with an end, an expiration date eventually. Yeah, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah. 
sometimes, unfortunately. Right. In this case, I was very fortunate. And, um, you know, yeah. Not because she's a bodybuilder, just because her chemistry wasn't right. But, yeah, dude, she's a bodybuilder now. And it's just weird because that's my virginity she has. Right. Her, Does she have guys. a boyfriend now or, or a girlfriend? I don't know really uh, how, I don't know. what I don't her really orientation is. Like okay, gotcha. You know, but I, I'm aware of her status right now. Sure. Like, check mark and everything. Right. Yeah. Wild. Like, yeah. That's wild. That's Life's crazy, dude. Yeah. So is she considered a celebrity? I mean, she definitely has a lot of followers. You said verified? She verified. Was given the check mark and yeah, everything? Yeah, close to a million, so I she, think. So she definitely has a following. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Hey, man. You lost your virginity to a bodybuilder. Yeah. I mean, so, pre, pre-bodybuilder pre life, but still. Yeah. Still, I still take it as I'm a sturdy man. Yeah. I take it as a compliment. You should take it as a compliment. Yeah. That's a big, that's a big accomplishment. accomplishment. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, you are a creative, and you are an actor, a filmmaker, an entrepreneur, and many other things. If someone on the other end right now wanted to contact you, what is the best way to reach out to you? You know what? If anybody out there would like to reach out to me, you can honestly hit my number, right? My number is 862-224-1959. If you like photography, videography, if you're into editing or acting in front of the camera or being behind the camera, I am putting together a team of Avengers that are about creating, right? And I, I live in Los Angeles and that's what I moved out here for, to find a team that are have no other choices. There's no plan B. You know, don't, don't approach me, don't hit me up if you're not desperately about this lifestyle, this career choice. We were all programmed at a very early age through the media, TV programming, radio programming. And if you understand what that means, we could program and we could put positive messages in the media that we create. So if you would like to be a part of someone who thinks like that and would rather live in their truck in order to see that through, then you have my number. I'm not a bougie person. You could hit me up, yo. Hit me up. All that, information, all that information will be displayed in the description below. Yep. And finally, Corey, the question I ask everybody on this podcast. For sure. What will you be famous for? Well, you know, um, not to be that guy, but I'm actually very scared of fame. I don't want to be famous. I just want to be very successful. But I'm aware that fame kind of comes hand in hand with my career choice. So if I were to answer that question, I would say if I were to pick something I'm going to be famous for, it would probably be something I create, something I made, something I wrote, something I performed, just something with my mind in it. Corey McGinney Jr., thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for being alive, dude. This shit is fucking, I believe in this shit. I believe in this podcast. Thank you. Yes. Appreciate it, man. Wow, 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 wow. What a great episode. This production took time, energy, and money to produce. To support the growing business of this podcast, go to www.patreon.com slash Thrive to become a thriver today. That is patreon.com slash mrthrive. From the bottom of my heart, thank you.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.